Hi guys and welcome. I'm Kat. And I'm Mike. This is HGTV Obsessed. Oh, hello there and welcome back to another episode of HGTV Obsessed. The weekly podcast where we dive into all things HGTV. I'm Mike. And I'm Kat. And when we aren't watching HGTV, we make funny videos on TikTok about marriage, parenting, and life. And we cry sometimes. And we cry. I did cry on my most recent video, yes. So today we were just in the tech check and we started talking about the Enneagram. And I am not finished talking about it because I am three. So I am going to... You are a total three. Take any opportunity I can keep talking about myself. Tell the world I'm a three. I'm better than you. So a three is an achiever. Yes. And Mike is an Enneagram four, yes. which is the individualist. Uh, I Yes, I am very, very in my feels. I think I'm a four wing three. So like that means I'm but also. Do you think that's a good combo for marriage? Yeah, I think it's a great combo. You do? We're, we're doing great, aren't we? <laughs> We've made it this far. Highly recommend a three finding a four. <laughs> was that sarcasm? No, it was good. Oh, okay, good. It better be. I feel like it can be super crazy. And I just feel like I'm a different arguer than you. You 100% are. Like when Michael and I get in an argument, yeah. I try to get some reaction. If oh. he's too calm, I'm like, Mm-mm, I got to say something to get some passion in here, you know, and it some normally, theatrics. It normally works. It works every time. <laughs> no, not every time. Not every time. I, I have to choose to be like, you know what? This isn't going to happen right now. I'm going to let this one simmer. <laughs> I'm very driven and you are... Very emotional. Uh, th- those two don't mix sometimes. Yeah, th- those two don't mix sometimes. Oh, you're not only emotional. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Okay. All right. So, anyways, uh, so should we talk about our guest today? Because uh, we talk about the Enneagram with him and we kind of come full circle here. So, well, I just got really anxious that we said the wrong things about our Enneagrams. And now the internet's going to come after us and be like, wait, you're a three with a four? That's horrible. <laughs> well, anyways, our guest is perfect because he actually knows a lot about that too. I'm going to completely disregard what you just said. You go, well, anyways. <laughs> Today, we are so excited to be talking to Orlando Soria, who is a designer, HGTV star, and an all-around beautiful, hilarious person. You guys, when he was speaking, he just speaks beautifully. Like, He doesn't interrupt. He's very sure of what he's going to say. I was like trying to take notes. I'm like, how do I speak like this? It's cool. You'll you'll understand what I'm saying. He doesn't do that stuttering step. So you'll know what I'm saying when it's time. Nothing stumped him. He was just beautiful to listen to. I loved it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. What a four move. (laughs) Orlando. Welcome, man. Hello. Um, I want to be super sure that we are saying your name right because this this is one of your triggers. It's actually not a trigger, but other people oh. have made it a trigger. It's it's pronounced Orlando, but I won't get mad at you if you say Orlando unless you've known me for like five years and you're still saying my name weird. The longer you know me, probably even though you're in Florida, you might start pronouncing it Orlando, Florida, <laughs> and people will think you are the most pretentious. We're yeah. going to Disney World in Orlando. Um, have you been? <laughs> So it's actually pronounced like that because like Kat, I'm a secret Latina. Oh, secret Latinas unite. Yeah. My father's family is from Mexico, so I'm just kind of like half. But obviously I got like none of the melanin, which is annoying. (laughs) Same. Do you see this? This is all white. 
from and I know, but I'm just you know what? Leave me alone. I'm always the pastiest person, like at the pool party. That's me completely. <laughs> uh, cool. So before we get started, um, I heard that you might know the answer to this. Do you know your Enneagram? I do. I'm a six. Oh, I've never met a six. It's really nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I have a friend who actually worked on my show who's really into it. And so she would constantly be analyzing me and being like, oh, my God, that's such six behavior. And oh. I'd be like, OK, like I, I've read a little bit about it. And like okay. sometimes I can't tell if those things are like self-fulfilling prophecies or if it's like really real. But I mean, I do think that there is something to you know, those sort of self-analyzing personality tests that can be really fun and kind of like yeah. help you. What is, what is a six? Cause I am a three, so I'm pretty self-absorbed. So I only know about threes. <laughs> so what is a six? I guess sixes are like very orderly and they're very much about like rule following and uh, kind of like strict adherence to social codes. So like I dated somebody once who like we went to the movies and he like left all of his trash at our seat. And I was just like, wait, what? Or like people who don't take their shopping cart back or things like that. Like things like that apparently are very triggering to sixes because we're very like rules or like people, you know, on an airplane getting up before the person in front of them or something like that. So yeah. we're very into order and we're also like very into, uh, I guess, community, but I think they can all be interpreted like so many different ways. I just kind of like took what made sense for me. Yeah. I'm a four. So I'm just like always in my feelings. Basically. Yeah. (laughs) Yikes. Right. I could see myself being like that too, though. Cause I'm like super emotional about everything. So sometimes I'm like, I could take this test on two different days and get two different. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So we kind of got off track. Uh, before we even got started. So Orlando, can you tell the people listening a little bit about yourself and then also how you got into the design world, really? Yeah. So um, I'm an interior designer. I usually live in LA, but right now I'm living in Northern California in a tiny town called Fish Camp, which is like right next to Yosemite National Park. I got my start doing interior design actually on HGTV because I had been doing production design and set design and all sorts of like sort of entertainment related design. Um, but I'd never done like sort of straight up interior design until I was hired to be on Emily Henderson's TV show secrets from a stylist. Like I think exactly 10 years ago. So on that show, the concept was that we like designed a house twice, like once for like one member of a couple and then the second time for the other member of a couple. So it was kind of like design boot camp. We had to like literally source and design two looks every week, which was crazy because it's like impossible to get furnishings that fast, like week after week. Um, And then after that, I just moved into kind of doing it professionally and kind of have been in and out of doing TV stuff ever since. So, um, you know, in the meantime, I like started a blog and started an Instagram. So it kind of has always been like a combination of design content and then like working with real clients as well, which I'm still doing now. And you designed a home for the Olympian Gus Kenworthy, right? Yeah. 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 That was super fun. So he started following me like years ago when I was renovating a condo with my boyfriend. And then he bought a very similar condo, like literally same era and was like, oh, I should hire this guy because he's already done this. So that was a really fun project because he's like super silly and like has like really adventurous, youthful style 
Like we got to go really colorful. We got to go really playful. He has like a crazy art collection. And it's just like inspiring to be around people like that. Cause he's like, obviously like a medaled us Olympian, but he's also like been a model and an actor. And it's like, so interesting to just like, I love being surrounded by creative people. Like that's one of my favorite things about LA and just kind of like, you know, seeing writers and seeing actors and seeing like the different things that they do is always so fun. Cause like I work mostly with like visual arts and interior design. Um, but it's always fun to be around other kind of creatives. So you started that project with Gus Kenworthy before you did HGTV. Oh my God. That project, you guys took like three years during the process of that project. I was going through a breakup. I moved to a new place. I redesigned the new place. I wrote a book. I pitched a TV show. We sold the TV show. We created the two seasons of the TV show. It was like, and still in the process of like this project, like sometimes things go off the rails and this project went off the rails for basically like permitting reasons it ended up being a lot more difficult to create the roof deck that he wanted than we thought it was going to be it seemed like oh we'll just like re-engineer it and like put a deck up there but that ended up taking forever and then like for some reason there were like unprecedented rains in LA that led to a lot of delays so yeah it was like funny when that project was finally like ready to share because from where we began to where we ended, we both were at like completely different. Like he hadn't done as much acting when we started. He was like, like purely mostly like a, an athlete. And then now he's been on like multiple seasons of like American horror story and done a lot of other stuff. So it just was like really interesting when you're like, that was only three years, but it feels like the longest three years in history. That's like, do you guys ever think about like what you were doing three years ago and like three oh. years is not that much time, but like, it can yeah. be insane. Like what were you doing three years ago? single living my best life i I was playing i was playing in bands in bars (laughs) that's what i was doing yeah isn't that wild like it's not that long ago yeah and life is totally life can change so quick that's i mean for us change so quickly and then obviously with you then that led up to your your show uh build me up right so why don't you tell everyone a little bit about build me up yeah sure okay something fully exciting that I'd like to say about build me up is that you can now watch it on the discovery plus app, which is like great because a lot of people like for the past few years, since I've had my show up and like, how do I watch your show? And like, I've never had cable. So I totally understood that. Like, I'd be like, um, well, like my solution was always like, I get Hulu live. So like you can watch HGTV on that, but like, this is easier because you just like download the app directly to your, I have an Apple TV. So that's kind of fun. Like it's kind of introducing it to a new audience that didn't really get to see it before. Um, That show kind of like came out of a personal experience, getting back to the condo that I designed with my boyfriend. Like basically I designed this beautiful home with my boyfriend and then he dumped me. I moved and (laughs) I moved into this new apartment and I spent the next year kind of like healing through designing it and like making it really beautiful and like, there was something really liberating about like not having to take somebody else's design needs into account when you're designing your new space. So I was like, how can I take this experience and kind of like make it into something that can help other people? Cause it was like such a healing experience to like design this new space for myself and think about what my life was going to be. Um, and that was kind of the Genesis for 
what became Build Me Up. So Build Me Up is a really fun show. Basically, every week we are meeting with somebody who's going through a different kind of life transition or life challenge, like everything from a woman who lost her husband to a mom whose kid is going off to college to a dad who's like moving his mom in to like spend more time with her grandchildren. And so he's like building her a little guest house. So it's like all these different life experiences from like kind of, you know, some that are tragic to some that are really happy. But behind it is just this like the notion that like interior design can really be healing and really be helpful and help people move into new parts of their lives. So, you know, the people who were on the show were so generous with their stories and they're all so different and they're so unique. And I, you know, love them for doing it. Um, But it's satisfying to watch because you get the kind of like design porn that we like love HGTV for. But, you know, you're also getting these really real human stories about these people going through different challenges and like triumph, you know, triumphs in their lives. So um, I'm really proud of it. I'm really thankful, you know, that I've gotten to do it. And uh, I think like especially right now when like there's all this kind of dark stuff going on with coronavirus and whatnot like people are craving that kind of content that's just like all right this is just like a nice person doing something nice for other people it's just like satisfying to watch i think even every show i hear from hgtv i'm like man what are they going to come up with next and then they build me up i just think it's such a perfect idea and because you can get so many different perspectives and so many people can relate to this and and learn i just that's what i'm like one of my favorite things about the whole thing Mm. um But so you were basically saying this painful breakup was kind of the catapult into your career where you started, you know, getting serious, bringing it up. But you also are being recognized or were being recognized or you are. Are you still funny on social media? (laughs) I'm not. I'm never funny. How dare you suggest? Uh, No, I mean, like I started blogging like right when I got out of school, like I was like one of those like old school 2007, like here I am on my blog, like. Um, so I've always like kind of shared stuff, even like pre Instagram for some reason, you know, that's another part of my personality that I don't fully understand. Cause I'm kind of like a shy person, but I also have a desire to like tell stories and be heard, I guess. Um, and for me, like inserting humor into my blog and into Instagram has been a way to kind of like demystify interior design and make it feel more approachable because, you know, I normally live in LA and I'm kind of like surrounded by these like very high end interior designers that only work with like super rich clients. And that can be like a really snobby, obnoxious world. And for me, like I'd rather encourage like everyday people to make their houses beautiful than like work with like super rich elite clients that, you know, I'm only affecting like a tiny bit of the population. So And, you know, I grew up like in the middle of the woods. No one had interior designers. And I think like everybody deserves to to be conscientious and think about how they can make their spaces beautiful, regardless of like how much money they have. So the humor has been kind of a way to invite people in and just let them know, like, this isn't a snobby thing for rich people. Everything from taking what you have and rearranging it to, you know, something as minimal as painting a room can be a way of making your space beautiful. So the main goal is to just kind of like make it feel inviting. So last year was obviously, you know, crazy for everyone, uh, but you had some positivity come out of it with your first home purchase, right? So yeah, yeah, you want to tell everyone a little bit about that? So that was crazy. I never in a million years would have thought that I would have bought a house last year. So I've been in LA like 13 years and I've always had this like pipe dream of buying a house near Yosemite where I grew up. 
because basically like if you live in Yosemite, you have to leave when you retire. So my dad worked as the dentist in the park and my mom was a teacher at the grammar school. So once they were done working, they had to like leave the little cabin that I grew up. And so like that was 2014. And like, since then my family has just like really missed having a house there. So I thought like, what better time than right now when like cities are basically shut down to like leave and kind of renovate a house and just kind of like get some fresh air. And it's been really nice. Like it's just peaceful up here. There's just like trees outside my window. It's been snowy. So yeah, I mean, and the whole house buying process, like it was interesting. So I, um, this was the first house that I like looked at seriously. It was the first house that I toured. It was the first house that I put an offer in on. And like, I don't know what the housing market in Florida is like, but that is like incredibly rare for California. So I feel like I really lucked out. I made an offer and then I was told that like somebody had made like a bigger offer. It was like a very nerve wracking process because it's obviously like the biggest, you know, purchase I've ever made. But I'm really happy I did it. Like, and so basically my plan is to probably be here like until things open up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then um, I might get a place in LA again, but we'll see. I like, it's really nice living here. I like being able to just like, have the quiet and like the grocery store is like a little 20 minute drive away, which is a really pretty drive. And like you drive to the grocery store and you just park in the parking lot right in front. It's like not like annoying and hard like LA. Um, and I've been doing like a ton of DIY projects. So I've like ripped up the carpet in a lot of the rooms. I like made like a really cute gym for myself, mm. which was fully necessary. Cause I spent all of 2020 just like drinking wine and eating carbs um, which is totally fine. I totally am down with the weight gain, but I just didn't feel good. Yeah. So, um, that's been really nice. So it's just been like a really good distraction. And then I got a dog and like, it's a great house for a dog because a, she's a puppy and I don't really care if she like goes to the bathroom on the carpet that I'm going to rip out. Um, and B there's like a lot of space. So, um, what kind of dog? she's like a Weimariner pit mix. And lab, I got, she's a rescue dog. So she's a mutt, but mm -hmm. she looks to me most like a pit Weimariner. So she's got that like really pretty, like beige coat with like blue eyes. Mm -hmm. And then she has kind of like a pity face. And I love pit bulls. Cause I've like known so many and they're always so sweet. Mm -hmm. And she definitely like has that personality. Like she's super affectionate and like, she's the best. It's been such a like blessing before I, I've never had a dog before. So like before I got a dog, I was like, Oh my God, that's going to be so overwhelming to like have to take care of the dog. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't even remember what it would feel like to be in this house without the dog here because yeah. like, it, it's like so nice to have that energy and like that, that love. I don't know. It's cool. It's, yeah. it's been a really great experience. She's still not like fully potty trained, but like, I don't really care. I'm, I'm slowly getting there. Literally real life. Yeah. That's awesome. That's what we say with our baby. Just pee wherever you want. Yeah. We just, just walk around, do whatever you want. Yeah. We'll wipe it off the floor. It's, fine. <laughs> it's, like, it's hard. Cause like, you know, my house is big. So there'll be times where I bring her into a new part of the house that she hasn't been in before. And I don't think that she recognizes the floor as floor or, you know, an indoor thing. So like whenever I bring her into like a new room that she hasn't been in before, she'll like pee on the carpet and I'll be like, Oh, I thought you didn't pee on the carpet anymore. <laughs> and like her little brain is like, wait, that looks like the dirt that's outside. Like, I don't know what, and it's like, you have to, it's all like positive reinforcement with, with this type of dog. So I have to just be like, Oh, all right. And then like, 
when she actually pees outside, be like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> I think also... I do that with you sometimes, like when you... Oh, when I don't, when I pee on the floor? No, like when I want you to take out the trash or something and you don't do it, like I don't make a big deal. But when you do it, I go ballistic. I'm like, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Really? Yeah, I do. (laughs) This is news. He does it all the time. Those those tricks into training a human. I love it. It works with human psychology. (laughs) Okay, so what is in the works for you in 2021? Are you... Or do you have no idea, like us? (laughs) I mean kind of a little bit of both. So I've been like doing these DIY projects around the house and then documenting them. I'm also like filming them because I want to start a YouTube, but like that everything is so daunting. Like people don't realize like how hard it is to like actually like, you know, do these DIY projects, document them, edit the content and then like post it. So I'm doing like a number of projects around my house that I'm documenting for blog, Instagram, and hopefully YouTube if I like get good at doing that. Um, I am still working with clients remotely, which seems like it would be hard, but it actually is like way easier because like in LA, if you're trying to like drive to client meetings, sometimes that takes up so much time. And it's just nice to be like, I'm doing all of this stuff remotely. I'm saving so much time, like, you know, not being in the car. So that's something that's been keeping me busy. I have been doing like sort of um, occasional guest things on different HGTV shows. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of like trying to adjust the country living, which I have to be honest, is a lot. Like when I lived in LA, I lived in like a little two bedroom apartment and I had this like wonderful housekeeper who came and did everything for me. And here I have this gigantic house that I have to clean myself. There is no trash service. So I have to take all of my trash to the dump, including like all of this stupid carpet and every sort of construction thing that I'm removing from the house. So that's a lot. I have piles of wood in my yard that I have to cut and chop and organize to build fires in the fireplace. Like there's a lot that goes into living in the country and I'm sort of like doing it all myself. In addition to like doing design work, creating content, like trying to raise a puppy and, you know, trying to stay sane and also like hosting people from time to time. So like, I look at like what I'm doing and I'm like, Oh, it doesn't seem like I'm that busy, but I like, Maintaining this house has been kind of a lot. And while also like doing these like DIY renovations. So the plan basically is that like, just to kind of like get the most content possible, I want to like go through the house. And also because I don't really want like workers in my house right now, because it's like a weird time to have like strangers in your house. I'm kind of going through room by room and like doing like really approachable and expensive makeovers in each room. And then hopefully sometime when things clear up this coming year, I want to like start like actual renovation. So like doing the kitchen, doing the bathrooms, like replacing the flooring, the house is like a nineties gigantic box with like no personality. And I'm hoping to like make it feel a lot more like just historic and formal. So the renovation that I want to do is pretty involved and I think will take a while, but for now I'm just trying to like make it cute, like in a really approachable and expensive way. I want to go move in with you. I just want to help come you. On up. I'm all alone and there's like four empty bedrooms. I don't we'll know. Do it. We'll bring the baby too. We'll make it extra yeah. hard to this new home. There's space. You're welcome. I have a gym. I have a forest. I have a propane tank. <laughs> Boom. I have a dumpster down the road. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I um, love it. Okay. So, well, Orlando, before you go, we want you to tackle a little challenge. We do it every podcast. It's called defend the trend. Cool. And 
So we ask our HGTV stars and experts for their opinion on a design trend. Um, so you're just going to let me know if you love it or you're just like, nah, that's this fleeting thing. It'll be is it gone. here. Is it, is it, is it gone? So this one's tough because I think every designer has a different opinion on them. Mm-hmm. Accent walls. We've seen accent walls come and go and come back again. And in fact, you just did a gorgeous wallpapered accent wall in the guest room of your new house. Did you post a picture of that one on your blog? Yeah. Okay, because I saw that and I'm like, I'm going to... Like, did I imagine that? I'm like, am I making this up in my head? Okay, so what is your opinion on this? Okay, so I actually have like kind of a complex opinion. My first instinct is no, I'm not a big accent wall person. And when I say that, like the kind of accent wall that I'm talking about is when you just paint a random wall, like in your house, a different color. And the reason I don't like that There's a few reasons. Firstly, oftentimes like where walls meet or where the walls meet the ceiling is not a perfect line. So if you create a delineation between two planes with color, sometimes it can emphasize sort of imperfections in the architecture of your house. And it feels sometimes like it's a little arbitrary. Places where I think accent walls are really successful are when there is some sort of like recess in a wall or there's some sort of trim or molding that sort of creates a delineation between the two walls or the walls and the ceiling. However, I just broke my own rule by doing an accent wall behind my parents' bed in their guest bedroom because I found this really beautiful mural wallpaper. And for some reason, a mural feels different than just a solid color to me. So... In general, I'm not really that big on design rules. Like I can say that I probably would err on the side of not being an accent wall person, but there's always like an exception to a rule. I would say go-to tips would be look for spaces that sort of architecturally look like they want to be accented in a different color, whether there's like a recess in the wall or there's some sort of, it's a different material. Like maybe it's like, shiplap on one wall or something like if there's some reason for it to be a different color I think I could get on board with that and if there's not a reason I might consider just like painting a large shape on that wall so like maybe you paint an arc or you paint like you know it's a rectangle but it comes in like four inches from the side so that you can make sure that you get like that perfect crisp line instead of sometimes when it's wavy when the wall isn't isn't perfectly even That was smart. Yeah, that was the best complex answer I think I've ever heard. And you speak (laughs) very very well. Like complex issue. You're good. You're gonna have a great YouTube channel. I would watch you, and I would subscribe. And we have friends we know would watch too. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell your friends about my non-existent YouTube channel. We will. Uh, Orlando, it was seriously so great talking with you today. Uh, we, I mean, I had a great time. Really. I could just keep on talking yeah. to you. I love you so much. Uh, I don't know why. It's very relaxing. Oh, this has been wonderful. Greetings yeah. from okay. California. Let's do it. Oh my God. I really want to. You're going to be like, wait, they showed up. They're at my door. What the heck? Uh, I won't be sad if you show up. Oh, I love it. Um, so where can everyone find you and see uh, more of your work? Just use your human fingers to log on to orlandosoria.com. Um, you can follow me at Mr. Orlando Soria and you can watch me on HGTV's Build Me Up, which is now very accessible on the Discovery Plus app. Boom. How many followers do you have on Instagram? I'm just curious. I have like 180 something. Million? Thousand. 
180 million. No, does Kim Kardashian even have that many? Hey, I, I wouldn't put it past. Would it would be like crazy if I randomly had more followers than Kim Kardashian. Just it's like a random HGTV host is the most famous person in the entire world. He lives in the middle of nowhere and is about to start a YouTube channel. He designed person who lives in the woods alone with his beautiful, beautiful dog and his 5.7 trillion Instagram followers. The Prince of Abu Dhabi flies him out regularly to the most mysterious Instagrammer we've ever had on the app. Caviar for breakfast. <laughs> I would love that. Let's make that. Let's. I'm going to believe that into being for this year. And also, I have a very good feeling about this year. I hope you guys do too. I think for it's going to be a year of like healing and progress and forward movement. Huge, huge year. I had a great feeling the year I got pregnant and I had a great feeling this year. So big, yeah. great things happen when I have good feelings. So I'm sure with you too. Boom. We're gonna believe it into being. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being HGTV obsessed. Uh, Orlando, what a nice guy. I loved him. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. We, I feel like we would all get along really, really well. You know what? I just love saying his name. Yeah. Orlando. Orlando. I'm never going to say I'm in Orlando anymore. I'm, no. I'm in Orlando going to Disney Hey guys, do you want to go to Orlando this weekend? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been. <laughs> do you remember when I took you to Orlando? It was horrible. Remember that? Oh my gosh. It was such a, guys. yeah, I took her on the worst the date. The worst date of my life. I try to over plan things sometimes and then they just don't execute. And he took me on a train. Imagine me walking in heels, which I'm already bad at, on a rickety train. Oh, wait, this is my favorite part. He brought chess. Yeah. The game of chess <laughs> for us to play on a on a moving train where the pieces won't stay on the train. I was like, this guy? <laughs> Literally, it was like a two and a half hour like train ride. We could have driven there in like 40 minutes. Anyways, um, so... I love saying his name, as I was saying. Is that your only takeaway from the episode? <laughs> no. Um, how many people can say they actually grew up in a national park? Much five. Less, yep. Like yeah. five people. How did you know that? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I can't believe that he grew up there and his parents were like the dentist of the whole town, the teacher of the whole, like the whole town. The whole could, town. Could you imagine being the, the dentist for Tampa? I feel like that's what country songs are made of. I broke up with the girl next door. <laughs> She's also... The dentist. The dentist. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, I, I I personally, I really, really liked how he loved, uh, he takes pride in helping people with their transitions in life, when they're going through tough times. I feel like I was thinking about when he said that, what if back in time when we found out I was pregnant, like he helped us with a home yeah. design. I don't know. I feel like with COVID, it's more important now than ever to be in a space that you identify with and- mm -hmm you don't feel all groggy and sad that you're in this space. Like Our space was hard, yeah. One of our producer editors right now, I'm, I'm looking at him on Zoom, he has a whole wall of like, I mean, it's beautiful. They're, are they laminated? They're framed? You can call me a nerd, it's fine. It's it's comic books. <laughs> well, you didn't want to call them comic books? Did you not know what they were? I thought it was a video game. <laughs> I didn't really know. So Brad has comic books all up and down the wall and yeah. it's very nice. I just think, and even you, we're in your stream room and you have records all back here, yeah. a mini fridge. And I feel so good when I'm in here. Like, I feel alive when I'm in my my space. Like, yes. Thank you. I feel so good when I'm in, like, I look, can I just stay in here all day? Sure. You kind of do anyways. <laughs> oh, God. All right, cool. Well, I think we should get on to the next section. You know what time it is.
anytime you ask me that, I know it's time for HGTV to the rescue. <sighs> Let's go. Hit it. Our favorite segment of the week where legit HGTV stars answer your burning questions about renovating design or real estate. Today, we have the amazing Clinton Kelly from Self Made Mansions on HGTV. He is answering a question from Holly. Holly asks, Hi, Clinton. Huge fan here. So I recently got a promotion and can finally afford to upgrade my post-college collection of furniture that I like to think of as a thrift store inside an Ikea chic. Where should I start? I really want some investment pieces that I'll have forever, but I'm a little paralyzed. Thank you. All right. Well, that's a pretty big decision to make because there's so much furniture to buy and furniture comes in and out of style. So it's hard to say what you're going to want to buy now so that you can have it in your life five years from now or 10 years from now. But there are a couple of things I think that would help you feel like you're adulting a little bit more. Like if you spent money on a great quality sofa, I think that that would be helpful because Great sofas that have really good bones can be reupholstered over and over and over again. So it, it's, it actually ends up saving you money in the long run. If you buy a great classic sofa, and instead of buying another sofa five years from now, you can just reupholster the one that you bought. A beautiful headboard or some sort of bed situation is going to make you feel like an adult as well. You know, when we're, when we're kids and we're fresh out of college, we're living on futons or beds that we got, you know, from our parents' house. Uh, like a twin bed or something, buy yourself a nice big glamorous bed, maybe a king or a queen size with a beautiful headboard. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be a great investment for you. And then a dining table. Yeah, it's time to like, you know, upgrade from the folding table, buy yourself a beautiful hardwood dining table that you'll have forever and ever and ever. So I would say those are the first three things that I would buy. Um, those are your basics in every room. So, so no more eating on the floor is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that is still fun. To get Chinese food on the floor, like, come on, we all love that. Like, I, I love lying down, sort of half lying and eating. Like, I'll tell you what I do. I have a pull-out couch in my media room, and I basically just use it as a bed to watch TV from all the time, right? So wow. the best thing in this whole world is putting some food, like, right here on your chest. And, like, your mouth, that's the best thing. Nothing wow. better in the world. That's You're awesome. You're onto something. Ooh, that was a really good answer. Yeah, thanks, Clinton, so much. I feel like he's good. Yeah, right? He's good. <laughs> Ooh, I always think this is gonna stump someone, and then they're like, just boom, hit Booyah. it out of the park. I feel like buying grown-up furniture is so intimidating. I really do actually feel that a lot. Remember when we bought when we bought our first? This is the only piece of furniture we talk about. That one painting we bought, the we couldn't fit it painting. in the car. Yeah, so we're just like lugging it around in the parking lot, like we gotta go back in the good. store. And it was so expensive. It wasn't that expensive. We just hadn't really bought anything. Oh, my gosh. Um, We had a lot of fun meeting Orlando, Soria, and hearing all about his life and work and house and puppy. I find his story extremely fascinating. He he lives in the mountains. I mean, that's so cool. It makes me want to go visit Yosemite one day. Um, I Googled it. And if Google does it justice, I mean, it was gorgeous. I was like, wow, I feel like I'm really there. No need to visit. So head over to HGTV.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and watch his makeover of Olympian Gus Kenworthy's home. You guys will not regret it. These pictures are beautiful, stunning. I have no idea how he makes a space transform like that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I did that with a baby. Yeah. Take that, Orlando. Okay, okay. (laughs) 
And also, you can watch his HGTV show, Build Me Up, on Discovery+. Plus. Also, huge thank you to Clinton Kelly for answering today's HGTV to the rescue question. His show, Self Made Mansions, can also be seen on HGTV and Discovery+. Plus. If you want to ask HGTV stars your own question, hit us up on the HGTV Instagram account. Just look for our posts on Thursdays. And as usual, if you like what you're listening to right this very second, please hop over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review HGTV Obsessed. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can do it on Apple. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on Stitcher. Wherever you listen, we always read these notes and reviews and I really appreciate them. I feel like it's like little notes of love. Yeah. A love note from you to me. And it love. helps us to keep improving, you know? Yes. And, and yeah. So and head on over to HGTV.com slash podcast for the show notes on today's episode. Lastly, if you want even more of us, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Mike and Cat. And we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.